Hey, all right, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. Um, and it looks like uh, we're, we're on a video chat here, so you can't see it, but uh, joining us as always like uh, uh, are each other. We're joining each other. So, <laughs> but we do have a special guest because with Dave is Lucy, Lucy the German Shepherd. So yes, and if she barks, you that will be who you hear. That's all right. And uh, but uh, Dave's uptown, safely in quarantine, and uh, Fredo is in Metairie, safely, safely in, quarantine, in quarantine, and rocking a beard. That uh, what's that? Like two days not shaving? Is that what it is? Uh, more, more like two weeks. I just I just decided not actually about a week, about a week not shaving. I tell you what, it like. It, man, the, my goatee that I have like took me about two years to even like just break the skin. Basically, I just <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I can actually, it's I think I shave like once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I just yeah. I guess I'm waiting for puberty to hit. You know, someday. Uh, <laughs> but and uh, I am obviously safely in quarantine here in uh, uh, the Gentilly area. So. Um, Hey, by the way, okay, so I, you guys have lived in New Orleans longer than I have. Will you please explain to me what's with all the friggin' golf carts? Because I'm sitting here working in my, my house, and I'm looking out the front window, and I see golf carts go by. I'm like, what the heck's this? And then we went, we did a beer run yesterday, and, um, but then we picked up uh, dinner at a place in Lakeview, and there were multiple golf carts there. What is it with? Is there something to the culture of New Orleans that I'm missing, or is that just a Lakeview thing? Or it's more I mean, like I don't live in Lakeview, but you know, anyway. I might imagine that it's a Lakeview thing in terms of you know, you have all the golf carts available, nobody's golfing right now, and they're an easy and uh, inexpensive way of getting around, you know, if you want to get outside. I mean, the weather has helped, you know. Oh, like gas is what a buck a gallon or something. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like, <laughs> but. No, I was just like all, all of a sudden it's like golf carts. It's like, is this one of the plagues that we're going through right now? Uh, That's hilarious. I, I have a slightly different guess, which is uh, tourism related, because um, I've seen people hum around on these little carts um, as tourists, um, and usually those are restricted down like to the touristy areas, like the French Quarter. But there have been times where I'm like trying to drive like drive down Washington and I'll get caught behind somebody on one of those things. And, uh, yeah, welcome to new Orleans, right? It's always, uh, that's what I asked is how many points are they worth? You know, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, well, no, look at it this way. The golf carts are easy to get around. It's not a, it's not a, a Mardi Gras float. <laughs> ah, there you go. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, what have you guys been doing this, uh, past week? Um, We'll we'll start with you guys because my thing will lead us into one of our first discussions. Uh, but what have you been doing to keep yourself sane, Fredo? What playing. are you doing? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, ahead. Dave. Go go ahead, Dave. Yeah, uh, I've been playing the TurboGrafx 16 Mini, which I received in the mail from J- direct from Japan last week. And you can't the, the the listeners can't see the grin on your face right now. This must be a good thing. Yeah, this thing's ridiculously nostalgic for me. I had one of the original systems back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, eventually just let my parents like sell it in a garage sale and then regretted it pretty much every day since. Um, because the their 
they're niche enough to where they're valuable. Um, people spend a lot of money on that, um, on the games and the system and modding them and everything else. And so when they announced this thing uh, a year ago, I put in a pre-order. And then the coronavirus, like, delayed shipment of this thing. Um, and so, oddly, uh, Amazon of Japan is, is shipping them. But Amazon of America is not. And somebody somewhere figured that out. And so I was like, I will go ahead and uh, take advantage of this myself. And uh, so I got one, and I've been playing it pretty much ever since. And uh, my wife is currently a video game widow. Um, <laughs> and kids are constantly asking me for a turn, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to give them turns, but also trying to play as much as I can, too. You say put a quarter up, put a quarter up on the TV? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, we've been having fun with it. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'll probably write an uh, article on my blog about it soon, too. Uh, cool. Fredo, what are you doing? Uh, uh, kind of similar. I mean, actually, I've been trying to finish up uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I started it, didn't finish it, so I've been using this time to kind of go ahead and you know, make my way through it, which if you haven't played the game, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it's... Uh, it's a very different challenge from past Star Wars games, but it's really fun, really engaging. Uh, gets into some of the lore that you see in Rebels with the Inquisitors and whatnot. So, a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Yeah. Well, on over here on this end of town, uh, so I've continued to do my Marvel homework, and I'll, I'll talk to you all here in a little bit about the movies that Brittany and I have have gone through and. Uh, have enjoyed them all, you know. It's been it's been fun, um, and uh, but then I've also I started. Um, I just I, I can't I don't know why I think it was just last Friday or Saturday or something. I was just like, ah, oh, what the heck? And I remembered Fredo saying on um, one of our episodes when we were talking about comic books, and he said, "Well, there's an app for that." And so I downloaded the uh, uh, Marvel Unlimited? comic book uh, Unlimited, and you know, it's like. So I got a week free and then it's like, you know, 10 bucks a month or something like that. I'm like, you know what, that, I can pay 10 bucks to get through the comics that I want to get through and then, you know, cut it off. But I've actually, uh, I read the, and I'll talk about it here after we do our trivia, but I read the Darth Maul, um, Son of Dathomir mm -hmm. uh, series. And I, I realized that I'm not in like sixth grade anymore. I'm like all of a sudden after 20 minutes of, you know, reading i'm done <laughs> it's like oh yeah okay these took a lot longer when i was a kid but anyway um then i started reading uh, one of the latest darth vader series um which is really interesting um because it's he's it's just right after episode three and the emperor is sending him off to he has to get his lightsaber which means he has to fight a jedi and and take his kyber crystal um uh, which sounds like a euphemism for something, but we'll do. You know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I've been reading comic books and watching Marvel movies. So yeah, I'm perpetually twelve. But uh, we're we're in a stunted time period, so it's only appropriate. 
I like to just thank God that my my friends and loved ones, you know, love me for who I am, you know. So, uh, you know, don't expect too much. Uh, but hey, let's uh, let's start off with trivia first of all, as we always do. And uh, so I'll give it to Fredo first. Um, and let's see here, Fredo. Joel, this is interesting. What's the largest creature seen in all six movies? Remember, these are episodes one through six. Right. The largest creature seen in all six movies. I'm thinking about it because, you know, there's a number of options in at least a few movies. Um, Dave, I haven't flipped the card yet either. So, I, uh, okay, are, my guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, if you want to guess no, that. I, no, okay, I'll, I'll, you go ahead. Okay, I'll guess it's the Sarlacc. Okay, you say the Sarlacc. I was actually fighting in my head between either the uh, asteroid monster. Right, the little, Empire, the or answer. or the under underwater dinosaur from episode from, one from the Phantom Menace, right? Oh, uh, Dave, what do you think? I, I would have gone with the asteroid worm critter, but again, I don't know the official name of that one. But yeah, well, the official name, according to Trivial Pursuit DVD Star Wars Saga Edition, is the Space Slug. Huh. Ah, okay. So it is the asteroid one. Yeah, if you think about it, you know, that sock puppet dude is like eating a little tiny, you know, money right. falcon. So, you know, I guess uh, we, don't, we don't know how big the Sarlacc is underneath the sand, that's for sure. Well, the other thing is, if we're talking the DVD special editions, you know, they added the beak and the tentacles. Which that was just wrong. Which, yeah, just made it bigger. It just made it little shop of horrors is all it did. So. Feed, me, feed me, Jabba. I think the Sarlacc was a good guess, though, because it could have been a tip of the iceberg situation. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I But I think the new biggest monster is from Solo, right? Oh, yeah, from, uh, yeah, uh, from the Kessel Run. Well, I don't know, because again, if you look at how big the Falcon is compared to each one in the shots, I think the space slug is probably still bigger because it's little, the Falcon's this little tiny tortilla chip going through between two teeth, you know, and uh, the the space thing in Solo is, I don't know, it, it seemed to be not as, the, the, the ratio seemed to be a little bit uh, less, but anyway. Uh We'll have to we'll have to get a ruling on this eventually, maybe. Oh, what what nerds fight about? All right, so um, let's see here. Oh, no, we're, I'm not going to read that one. I'm I'll, okay. Um, so, who, uh, how many eyes does the Dianoga use to check out the activity in the Death Star's trash compactor? Oh, come on. Well, I would I would say one. Well, yeah, and that, that was that was an easy one. I, I that's the one I read because the first one that I saw that I wasn't going to read was, "Who confesses that her first love was a young, dark-haired teen named Paolo?" <laughs> it's like, and that's where her character starts going into the trash. But anyway, all right. So, yes, the Dianoga has one eye. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hey, so we've that's two like slimy slug creatures. Um, yeah, it's a critter kind of evening here. 
All right, well, here's mine. What planet is Anakin on when he tra retransmits Obi-Wan's message through to Coruscant? All right, it's not a, not a slug critter thing, but he is on Tatooine. Yep, Tatooine. Let me ask you this. So Tatooine, you know, people, you know, get mad because, you know, we just, you know, always keep coming back to Tatooine, even though we've only been to Tatooine, you know, it kind of made sense why we did. But do you think that Jakku should have been maybe Tatooine? Or you think maybe, you know, would it, would you have been okay if we went back to Tatooine or to familiar planets a little bit more in the sequel trilogy than we did? This doesn't have to be a 30-minute no, discussion. Just no, honestly, I, I don't think so. Just one step, I mean, they get so much of the imagery from the new places again. Uh, what I would have liked is, I mean, uh, if they had managed to explain, and I don't know, maybe this is a novelization or not, the idea of that maybe a place like Jakku was lush and green at one point, but that the war and all those Star Destroyers crashing upon it forever ruined it and messed it up. Because that would have, again, led into the idea of the legacy of the Civil War, of the Empire, what they've done. As opposed to, oh, it's another desert planet. There's, there's also something about um, uh, just certain places. It's like if, if I could go, if I had a time machine, um, one of the places I would love to go to would be Vienna in like about the 18th century because it's like all the, these big name composers, mm -hmm. you know, had something to do in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why Vienna? Now, you know, you could say, well, that's because close to where everybody lived. Okay, but why? When you have, it's like, why is Superman, Batman, and everybody, you know, live like right next door to each other? What is in the water there? I'd love, so is there some, some cosmic pull to some of these places? And wouldn't it have made sense for Tatooine just to have this cosmic pull? Oh, we're going back to Tatooine. Well, there's a reason we're going back to Tatooine. You know, it's like, there's something, I don't know. Dave, what do you, what do you think? This was not on our agenda. It's just me. Well, with my I, I like um, the question because, um, and I liked your Vienna um, analogy of it because it's like, for me, when I think about that question specifically, it's like, why that place? Why that time? It was because of the people in it. Um, and if I like to think about it in terms of uh, like a capitalist mindset, right? If so someone comes up with a killer product and starts making a ton of money, you know someone else is going to copy that product and start making a ton of money, right? Um, that's how that works. And I'd say like back in those days, if, if somebody excelled at a particular craft, you would want to learn from them and leech from them as much as you possibly could. Um, and you say, oh, well, that person's having a lot of success in this particular field of study. I'm going to see if I can as well. Um, so, like, for me, that's part of it. Um, and, like, to relate that back to Star Wars, um, the people in, in Tatooine, um, that, that, that analogy sort of breaks it down. <laughs> I mean, it was Anakin and then... And then I guess Luke ended up there just kind of accidentally, um, as it turned out. Um, and then, of course, Obi-Wan was there, but he was there to protect Luke. Um, 
So from that perspective, I kind of appreciate that they didn't like try to rewrite the history of the planet and make it into something that it wasn't. Um, but by the same token, I, I'm kind of bored with the idea of Jakku. Another desert planet? Okay. Um, well, of course, so, that, 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 whole argument always, that whole argument always bothered me with, you know, another, we're, oh, here we are in another desert planet. It's like there are only so many biomes. We're crying out loud, you know. <laughs> you know, there's only so much we can do. Um, but look at the Revenge of the Sith, though. Um, and I know that you have your issues with that film, but like, you look at some place like Felucia or Utapau, um, there were some really unique planet designs and biomes that they utilized in that in that film. Um, and that was one of my biggest. Um, compliments for jj with rise of skywalker was that it seemed like he stretched himself visually and was more creative than he was with force awakens um so i think it can be done but you're right i mean like you can only do so many before you begin to repeat yourself yeah but but i'll say i mean a good example of how it's done right is uh clone wars because you can go from a planet like uh, Umbara, which is dark and menacing and foreboding, and you can have Dathomir, which is dark and menacing and foreboding. But, but in a different way. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're not the same. And I think that's one of the things that uh, Filoni and his artists got into is, okay, we're going to have to show all these different events and battles and whatnot. Oh. So they're showing the breadth of the galaxy. You know, I guess I'll just close with this. I think it, it would have been, I would have, if, if Jakku would have been Tatooine, for example, I think it would have made total sense because I, I just I keep coming back to, like I said, Vienna with composers to, you know, Dublin with the writers, you know, um, or just, you know, pick about any, it's just there are certain places that people converge. We live in New Orleans for crying out loud. You know, it's like, you know, we, we get, you know, we're the Mecca for jazz, you know, so, but it's like, and you know, we, we can go into the history of why that is with jazz, but there are just places it's like, why, why is this, why Dublin and not Cork, you know, why Vienna and not, you know, something else, you know, it's so I think it, it's so because I, I, I like the romantic part of me says there's something you know, mystical about those places that, you know, is drawing those creative types to that place. And so if we're talking about the Skywalker saga, you know, why not Tatooine? That's where Ray is a scavenger at instead of just, no, it's not, it's like Tatooine, but it's not, you know, anyway. Well, I'll um, give you another real world example. Like, let's say that you're a chef and you want to learn how to make uh, Neapolitan pizza. So where would you go? Naples? Yeah. So, I mean, and again, it's once a place has established a tradition of a particular thing through its people, um, it's just a natural thing. That's where you are going to go to learn that craft, I think. Okay, so I think we're going to have to table this discussion and make it a totally different podcast at some point because I <laughs> have, I have a – 
a, a counter argument to that, um, but that's, we're, that's not what's on the agenda for tonight. So we're just going to move on. Uh, totally agree with what you're saying. I can um, hear the people screaming. No, you idiots, keep going. So anyway. But uh, hold on, tune into the next episode. Uh, but let's, but let's, uh, let's uh, talk uh, Clone Wars kind of. Uh, tomorrow a new episode comes out. First of all, did we like, um, did we like how uh, the last episode went with uh, um, Ahsoka? Ahsoka and discovering, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, turn off your uh, your podcast now but when she sees darth maul and all that you know so did you like that episode i did uh honestly with this arc with uh soka and the marta sisters i found that it kind of dragged a bit in the middle like it could have gone you know like dig it dig it break out yeah yeah but i also think and, and i kind of get why they did it they needed to connect the idea of her being seen by bo katan and the mandalorians they needed for her to see Darth Maul. That moment was really cool, I will say. And you know, and not having seen Maul from Clone Wars, you know, we've seen Maul in Rebels, but we haven't seen the uh, Clone Wars Maul since we last we saw him at the getting tortured. You know, uh, it was interesting. You know, what bothered me about that whole scene though with Maul. You know, when you see him, he's in a hologram, mm -hmm. and he goes and he looks over the railing. Mm -hmm. But I like. I liked that. Like he could sense her presence. I like that he could sense her presence. I'm talking about. I'm talking about a hologram who is now just walking around with it. You know, and I'm going to look over. It's yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I you know, mm -hmm. suspension of disbelief. But it's like you could have just had him. Maybe just I don't know. I it's, how does how is Star Wars holograms like become like interacting with the physical environment that is not around them? I don't know. Right. But uh, but yes, I did like how he sensed her, and that that was cool. Um, but Dave, overall, you liked the episode, the arc, where it was yeah. going. That was fine. I agree with uh, Fredo. It may have been, it may have ran an episode long, maybe, um, because they did kind of repeat themselves there. Oh, we're breaking out. We're not breaking out. We're breaking out. We're not breaking out. Um, so, so the the next four episodes are final four. Uh, what's that? The final four. Yeah. We've got um, one that's dropping tomorrow is Old Friends Not Forgotten. Then the week after that is The Phantom Apprentice. And then the next one is Shattered. And then the last episode is Victory and Death. And I made the comment in our just private uh, conversation, you know, on Twitter, um, that last one, you know, has a lot, had a lot more resonance with me after reading the um, Son of Dathomir comic series because um, I actually saw this article and said it was basically here's the here's the homework you need to do before the Siege of Mandalore you know arc and it one was the Ahsoka novel and they kind of gave a summary of the Ahsoka novel and the things that you know talked about the Siege of Mandalore and stuff like that and then it said also the Son of Dathomir comic series and so I had read the Ahsoka novel and so I just decided I'd you know get the uh, get a comic book app and read the comic book series and um, it was it was interesting so you know is season five I think that Darth Maul fights Sidious in the Clone Wars and he gets taken away and then you don't see him until well then rebels you know and he's 
you know, all said in Rebels. But he's coming back in, obviously, in this next, in his final four episodes. I, he was back in the last one. But so it's like, what has been happening in between those two points? And it's the Son of Dathomir comic. It's Palpatine um, puts him in, and he's is holding him captive. And then um, Mandalorians, um, I guess the, the, the former members of Death Watch, whatever, you know, the ones that were loyal to Maul, bust him out. And um, we find out that... Um, Actually, first of all, um, Palpatine and Mother Talzin, if you're okay, so if you don't know who Mother Talzin is, you're gonna have to watch Clone Wars. Sorry, do the homework. But anyway, she's the Sith. Well, she's not Sith, but she's she's the witch on Dathomir um, and runs the, you know, she leads the Night Sisters and everything. But it turns out that she and Palpatine were in cahoots way back in the day. And he was kind of teaching her dark side dark side stuff and she was kind of infusing some magic and they were plotting to you know take over stuff and then he ends up taking her child from her which is Darth Maul so Darth Maul is the son of Mother Talzin and that's why it always made me wonder in the Rebels episode when Ezra first encounters Maul and he says you're a Sith he goes no the Sith you know took me from my mother and did this that and the other so they had all this backstory there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so he's wanting revenge on Palpatine for all the wrong that they did. Um, and meanwhile, the the crime syndicates, the Pikes, the, uh, I guess it's Dark Sun, right? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're in cahoots with Maul again. They're trying to, it, but um, so basically what ends up happening is there's a big battle on Dathomir and um grievous and palpatine wipe out all the night sisters and mother talzin and the death watch whisks away darth maul and so that's going to lead us to this next episode so that was a really crappy synopsis of what that comic book was but you know and it so i don't know um how much of that backstory did you guys know about or am I the only one new to this party? I hit a few of the same beats from the Clone Wars episodes. Um, there was an episode where Grievous uh, invaded the planet and basically mowed down uh, the Night Sisters. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually interesting talking about uh, playing um, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, because one of the planets you do visit is Dathomir uh, during the reign of the Empire. So you go back in there and you do find the knights, well, what remains of the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers. And they're very much making it a, a case of, yeah, they they got involved with the Sith and they don't like the Sith, they don't like the Jedi. So it's a very hostile environment because by the time by the time the Grievous and, and uh, Sidious are done with them, they basically level the whole thing. So there's hints at the backstory that you mentioned. The thing I found that was interesting was that Mother Talzin and Sidious were, like I said, way back when. That was going going steady. They were going steady. Oh yeah, I mean, but then it also it makes me feel a little bit better about the Rebels episode when and in Clone Wars as well when you see, you know, Sidious over a bubbling cauldron, 
you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> doing all of his uh, magic spells. That when I first saw that in the in those animated series, I kind of was like, really, you know. And so now I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I've just been beaten down by life. I'm okay with it now. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I just thought it was interesting to. It gave you more insight into Maul's motivation, why why he's pissed and who he's pissed at. You know, it, it's. I mean, yeah, Sidious cast you aside after episode one because you were cut in half. You thought you were you dead. Know? So I mean, anyway. Yeah, that in and of itself isn't probably enough to justify a homicidal revenge plot, uh, an obsession against the. Uh, emperor but like so like adding more to that story makes sense to have him to justify more of that hatred that he has for him it's clear uh it's emperor and obi-wan those are the the objects of his uh hatred because you you reminded me of something right quick uh i was watching this youtube channel this guy who does uh analysis of the duels from the movies and he's discussing the duel between uh Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. What's interesting is that the plan, and you start thinking about it, it makes perfect sense. The plan for Palpatine was always that Dooku had to go at some point. He had to be eliminated because he found Anakin, and Anakin was always going to be the apprentice that he wanted. And what I found interesting is when you make the correlation of taking a young Maul, grooming him and racing him up, he wanted, and then when he falls, then he turns his attentions to Anakin and he grooms and molds him. So it's that idea of he's always looking for somebody he can manipulate and control, somebody who's younger but powerful. And, you know, Dooku was always just kind of like at that bridge once he lost Maul to the next available candidate, which ended up being Anakin. So the reason why that, uh, that last episode, Victory and Death, the thing that rang in my head when I saw that episode title was because in the son of Dathomir um, comic, the, um, the, the Mandalorians who are fighting with Maul, their whole rallying cry was victory or death, victory or death. That end. Oh. So that's, you know, makes you, it's an interesting, okay. So they've taken that line that they said throughout the comic and now, turned it on its head a little bit, victory and death. Um, so we know the Mandalorians get wiped out. I, I will say the thing I'm looking forward to is I hope that there's some clear, or at least we're starting to see breadcrumbs of how the, uh, the dark saber gets to Moff Gideon, you know? Well, you kind of have, at some point, I mean, you might not get a full answer, but I imagine we'll get, um, uh a good way of saying, okay, how did it go from, because uh, Malkus has got to end up in that cave where Ezra finds it. So you know that's what's going to happen because that's where Ezra finds, finds it in Rebels. Because he's involved somehow with the Siege of Mandalore. We know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but then eventually Maul takes, gets that, the Darksaber back to Dathomir. Dathomir, right. By so Rebel gonna- time. So... And we're not going to get that answer then. Well, we, might. Uh, we're, we might get an answer of how he even knows of it, right? Because yeah. if he was involved in that siege, then he may have encountered 
the item during that siege. And I think it's reasonable to assume um, that he might have. Well, remember, he has said at the end of uh, when he kills um, Sabine. So he has it with, with him when he executes her in front of uh, Obi-Wan. You can't make the names too too similar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but when he kills Satine in front of Obi-Wan, he's got the dark saber. That's how he's wrested control of Death Watch from everybody else. It's he's he's holding the dark saber. Uh where yeah, does it end up though? Like where is it now, like in the timeline? Because it's supposed to be with Maul. Well, yeah, yeah but we see we see him with the double bladed lightsaber in the trailer, and, uh, right? Because remember, he had it when he dueled Sidious when uh, uh, Savage dies. Yeah, so he so, has it. There. It's a good question if he still has it or or if he, he's taking it back to uh, Mandalore. He had it. Oh, I mean, man, I need, to, <laughs> I need to go find. I need to go get my iPad so I can. Uh, but I'm I believe. Doing- had it Dark Saber in, Wikipedia. This is where I'm going. I believe right he had it in the Son of Dathomir comics. That's what he's fighting people. Yeah, he did it. That's what he was using to fight with. So he's got it, and when he's whisked away to Mandalore. So my guess is that, I mean, you know, here in the Siege of Mandalore, he's going to be involved in that. It's probably going to be with him. He's probably going to snag it and head off to, you know, Dathomir at some point. Um, but then I wonder how the I want to know how he got to uh, um, Malachor in Rebels. Yeah. But anyway, that's another. Okay. Okay. Discussion. So, all right. So, according to Wikipedia, um, Maul uh, was rescued um, per your uh, discussion earlier, Aaron, um, and. When he after he was rescued, uh, he was given back the dark saber, which had been recovered from the royal palace, which is a, presumably where it had been left after his duel with Sidious, which means he has it for several battles after that. Um, but we don't. I'm not sure if we know. Well, um, maybe. Maybe we'll see it in the next episodes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that, like I said, Son of Dathomir. It was, I don't know, I, it was fun read. Do I feel like I had to um, after watching the Clone Wars and watching Rebels and things like that? I don't necessarily know. I think I've gotten enough of the only ahas were oh, okay, he was the son of Mother Talzin, and um, you know, and Thousand City. Those were the things that made me go, you know, oh, interesting. The rest of it, I <laughs> Lucy disagrees with me. Um, but uh, the rest of it, yeah, you know, it's it was all right. Um, so uh, I still get a, a kick out of um, just comic book, you know, kerpows and thooms and mm-hmm. their onomatopoeias. You know, that's just it. Just cracks me up. Well, I just said it's you know you're talking how many decades since the Batman TV show, you know the yeah. animal show, and you know they still have they haven't devised a better way of denoting high impact, high energy impact from weapons and whatnot. But I, I found myself being 47 years old, like sitting on my deck reading this and making those sounds as I'm reading, going boom, boom, 
It's like, yeah, that does, that is how that would sound. All right, interesting. Um, so you know, you got some comic book writer that's like, what do these things sound like? Krakow. <laughs> but actually, they actually used a Krakow one uh, in one of them, and that cracked me up because the whole Calvin and Hobbes um, comic strip when he's doing Spaceman Spiff and it's going Krakow, Krakow, and so he's and then the teacher's saying, or I'm sorry, is uh, What's his nemesis? His name, the girl. Anyway, she asks, "What's the capital of Poland?" And he's like, "Krakow, Krakow." But yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. So, other news, real quick. Um, the, we've got a Mandalorian eight-episode documentary series starting on May the fourth on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to this? Yeah. Uh, Eight episodes, so it's probably going to be what one episode per episode. episode <laughs> you know what I mean? Wasn't wasn't the Mandalorian eight episodes? I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, particularly, I'm interested in because we've seen some of the not necessarily this series, but some of the behind the scenes, particularly as they use the uh, the uh, wrap around moving sets to mm-hmm. denote movement and whatnot. So we've seen some of the technology that they use. Obviously, we get closer look at the uh, baby Yoda puppets and uh, some of the other tech. It'll be nice to see, but yeah, it's it's always interesting to see how they put it together. It doesn't take away from the magic just to see how the trick is done. I agree with all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be fun to watch. We all we all love to consume the you know behind the scenes documentaries and stuff. So uh, for I'd say. Probably, I would assume for all three of us, it's going to be fun to watch that stuff. You know, that's actually my favorite part of like any DVD that I get is I hope that there's a documentary. You know, I just love those. Um, so yeah, this will be good. It'll be a nice little uh, May the Fourth uh, celebration there. So, um, but yeah, so that that's going to be cool. Um, now, to my homework, just give you a little update. Um, because this last episode we talked about, uh, you know, I saw Iron Man and Iron Man 2 on the crap that Aaron should be watching and hasn't watched and now is getting caught up. So, uh, but uh, since then, my wife and I have watched Thor, Captain America, First, uh, Captain America First Avenger, Avengers, and we watched Iron Man 3 last night. And, my, and I made the comment to you guys that I, I'm starting to see the hubbub, you know, kind of the where the Marvel versus DC, you know, people kind of butt heads and stuff like that. Um, as much as I like the DC movies and I do except for your Martha's your mom's name, Martha's your mom's name, you know, Mm uh, but, uh, the Marvel movies, they're better written. They're the, they're more character driven, um, where I think the DC ones are a little bit more action driven. Um, but, uh, and it's, you, you get more, oh, like this last one, Iron Man 3, you know, Brittany, Brittany said, and I agree with her, said she, she was appreciative that they showed Tony Stark with PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think about that with, you know, these superheroes, you know, they, they do things and it's like, oh, no big deal, ma'am, you know, and salute and off they go. You know, it's like, they've seen some stuff, you know, and um, so that that is really interesting um like you know gosh captain america was so much character driven um 
So, I mean, so Thor, it was, they all had this character journey that they went on. And it was, so it was more about, you know, the story and more about the person than it was, you know, an action, an action movie. So I'm really enjoying him for that, for that reason. I love the fact that things tie together. I love the fact that Captain America's shield is made by vibranium, you know, which comes from Wakanda, you know, and, you know, Black Panther, you know, it's like just all those little nuggets that it's like those it's, it's not even like an after the fact, like, oh, let's put this Easter egg in here. It's like, no, we have to sow these seeds, you know, purposefully in the right place, you know, it makes sense. So I, I, so I could see how Marvel fans get kind of upset at DC fans because it's like, you're taking our ideas for the most part that we've put into movies and you're just kind of using them as, you're not giving them the right amount of stuff to it. You know, that's what I guess it's, that's poorly said. Um, I will say, however, of all the movies I've watched so far, Avengers was the biggest letdown. Um, and it was because of what I just said with all, it seemed like every, everybody's character journey that they went on was just thrown out the window. It's like, I understand that if you're going to bring in a bunch of alpha dogs, you know, and say, y'all have to get along, that there's going to be a breaking in period. They're not all going to like each other right away, but it's like they, they beat that horse for more than three quarters of the movie. You know, they didn't get along until like the last 15 minutes, you know, and it's like, you know, and I, like I was telling Fredo before we went on is like Captain America was pissed for there's the McClunky. Lucy tried to, to edit me there, <laughs> but you know, Captain America was pissed for, but it was never really explained why he was pissed because, okay, yeah, I get it. You were in a coma for 70 years, but he was just mad like the entire movie. Um, and you know, he and, you know, and I know there's probably some baggage there with Tony Stark's dad and stuff, I don't know, but, um, but it seemed like everybody's, you know, Thor learned his lesson on how to be a good leader. And then he's not, he's like the farthest thing from a good leader in the Avengers, you know, and, um, like I said, Captain America, you know, when he's told to be a good, you know, always make sure you're a good man. And, you know, his, his heart is the right, you know, is in the right place. He's very selfish and just not, not a team player, really. He's, he's forcing leadership upon every and his leadership in the places and forcing people to do things. It just seemed, it just seemed incongruous to everything I saw before. So I enjoyed it, but it's just awkward. So. Did you like Captain America the best? Because that seemed to be the one you had the most positive reaction to in our DMs. Oh, I, I don't know if I liked it the best. I think it was the one I was most surprised that I liked as much as I did. Because I, I, I really knew nothing about... I, I knew it had something to do with, like, you know, with obviously uh, World War II, but um, didn't really know what that story was. Um, but it was enjoyable. Um uh, really liked uh, agent carter in that movie you know Brittany and i have decided that marvel does a it was it was actually nice to see they're start you're starting to see female characters that are strong and kick butt and are smart you know pepper pots you know in the first two iron movie iron man movies annoyed me because like i said she ran around like the 
80s slasher, you know, victim in Iron Man 3. Now, finally, she, you know, starts to kick some butt, you know, but, uh, um, but no, I, like I said, I'm enjoying them all. Like I said, I was surprised that the Avengers one made me just kind of go, I was expecting more. I don't know why, but. I'd say with the, um, we talk about shit, you know, you always say, check your expectations at the door, you know, that kind of thing. Um, if you look at the move, the crossover movies as being representative of a crossover comic, you probably go into it expecting less from the character development side and just more from the spectacle side, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of what those comics were all about. Um, Every time there was a crossover, it was like that. And, um, and so like, they're very true to that, the spirit of that um, in that way. But it's also, I, I understand where you're coming from because for the most part, I agree with you. Um, the crossovers are always less interesting to me than the character pieces. And it, um, isn't it like supposed to be the opposite? You know what I mean? It's like, this yeah. is supposed to be the, you know, the icing on, you know, the cherry on top, you know, it's like now you get everybody in the same movie and this, you know, like we've talked, like Fredo, you mentioned the super, super groups, you know, when you have, you know, two bands that get together and make a super group. It's like they end up usually only having one good hit. The rest of the album is trash, usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, because what you get, what you end up getting is you get a lot of strong personalities who know how to work within their own group dynamic. But when you put them all together, you know, you're 50-50 on whether you're going to get gold. Sometimes you do, a lot of times you don't because everybody's got to work their own way. I not surprised. I mean, I also am not surprised you kind of had that because, and I wonder this is the dynamic that's going to be different for you than for us because we saw them as they were coming out. So every year, I mean, like Iron Man One, two thousand eight, you know, Avengers is two thousand twelve. So that's a four year gap from that to that that you just bridge in a matter of days. So I wonder if seeing them all, you get to pick up the nuances and the flaws a lot easier than it was for us because. You know, we're like, oh my God, after we saw the first Avenger, we're like, next year, here comes the Avengers. And you're like, we've been building up to this, we've been building up to this, we've been building up to this. And, you know, so there was all this expectation. So when you get the spectacle, you're like, oh, okay, that was awesome. Because really, that whole third act is the reason you came to see the movie. Is that final battle in New York when they're all together and they're all fighting as one. And you get the big old orchestral score going up and everybody's just, okay. Now I'm sitting back. I'm, you know, I'm eating my popcorn. I'm just, I'm just going for the ride. Yeah, I wasn't wild about the space fish, <laughs> whatever that you know vehicle was. It's like uh, I keep, I keep thinking of the, you know, Roger was, uh, is it Roger Peters? Uh, no, the guy, guy that yeah. Kevin Smith always tells John Peters. Oh, John Peters, yeah, the yeah, one of the fighter. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, big fish flying around New York. But anyway, um, I will say also that the people who are writing the Marvel movies, they, they, they understand how uh, the comedy is good. You know, it's like, um, it's a lot more lighthearted than I thought it would be. Um, so, but no, like I said, uh, however, it's, I, I always have the line that's going in my head, you know, of Chris Rock saying, I think George Lucas is going to sue somebody because it's like, you see Iron Man and Batman. You see, um, oh gosh, uh, 
I, you just you just have these like oh that that's this over in Marvel or oh, that's that in DC. I wonder who did that first, you know. And so it's you know you're wondering who's ripping off who because yeah you know, mm -hmm. yeah same, then, things you know. And, and trust me, if you were to watch say this movie and then or and then watch this movie and then watch the Justice League movie, you're like oh my god, you know somebody should have sued somebody for copyright infringement because you're just taking it all, but as Dave said, that's the dynamic of comic book movies. They're all borrowing from one another as to, oh, hey, you did a, a team mashup, we'll do a team mashup. You set two heroes fighting one another, we'll set two heroes fighting one another. You've met, you know, you've blown up your universe and started from scratch, we'll blow up our universe and start from scratch. You know, the number of times that they go and repurpose one another's storylines is rather unsurprising, but it's it should be. I'll be interested to see your reaction to Civil War eventually when you get to it. I mean, for lots of reasons. I, I alluded to a major Star Wars reference in that movie. Um, but there's also so many comparisons between that movie and what DC has done. Um, you can compare it to The Dark Knight, in which it is it doesn't come up as favorably in that comparison. But you can also compare it to Batman versus Superman because those two movies came out within a few months of each other, and it's it comes out very favorably in yeah. that comparison. So uh, I'll be interested to see that. And the other thing I'll say too about these crossover event movies, um, I kind of internally roll my eyes when they start because at the beginning. For there to be conflict and for there to be any doubt about the outcome because you're putting all of these superheroes together in which there's no way anybody short of God himself could defeat them. Mm -hmm. The only way for them to potentially lose and for you to have any drama is for them to not be getting along. No. And so you, you know that going in and you're like, well, how are they going to not get along in this one? See, you um, sounded like me talking about Solo before it came out. Um, Solo. Oh, it's like, it's like the the Kessel Run was always, you know, it's like, how is this going to be, you know, how is this going to be anything that puts me on the edge of my seat? Because everybody, we know that everybody in that ship is going to come out alive. Right. You know. Or when Chewie's dangling over, you know, the train and heading for a rock, it's like, Chewie ain't going to die. But for some reason, you know, and Fredo and I went and saw Solo together, you know, and, and it was like, still, that was my second time seeing it. And it was like on the edge of my seat, you know, uh, you know, clawing at the, at the, um, at the armrests, you know, um, but no, I, like I said, I really have enjoyed the Marvel movies. They're really well written. I will say, after three Iron Man movies, I'm just about done with Tony Stark and his stick. You know, it's kind of like I like Robert Downey Jr., but it's like I'm kind of wishing those movies were, you know, two years, you know, spread apart for me because it's uh, he gets a little exhausting, you know, in watching three movies in you know a week and a half. What's um, well, gonna be? Yeah, they're going to cut down the amount of times he appears. So that's going to be good for you. Um, I'm I mean, also I like, I like the character. I, I like him. And I, I thought I thought Robert Downey Jr. did a great job. But it's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield in, you know, Caddyshack. 
you know, he's great. And then all of a sudden in Caddyshack 2, they give that character a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, anyway. Are you going to try to rewatch any of the ones you've seen? Yeah, no, I think when it gets to, we, we're talking about that when it gets to Guardians, you know, we haven't seen Guardians for a while, you know, so we'll watch that again just to, you know, knowing what I know now, seeing how much I, after seeing Captain Marvel and, um, you know, and these other ones and just, it'll be interesting to see. So yeah, we will. Yeah. I recommend that one for sure. Cause it's important. They kind of lay out the roadmap of where, how everything's going to unfold in that yeah. movie. So, so yeah, so I'm, do, I'm doing my homework. Um, so next up is, uh, Thor, the dark world. Is that right? Fredo? That is correct. Uh, and then follow that up with Captain America and the winter soldier. Yep. So, oh no, no, you said yeah, Will, Winter Soldier. Yep. So, mm. yep. So then, I got my list here. So, yeah, and then you get to Guardians of the Galaxy, if I'm not mistaken, right, Dave? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, here, I'll I'll share my list so you guys can we can update it if we need to. So I have to do Thor: The Dark World, mm -hmm. then Captain America: Winter Soldier, then Guardians, mm -hmm. then yep. Avengers: Age of Ultron, then Civil War, then uh, Doctor. Doctor Strange, then Guardians 2, then Thor Ragnarok, and then Black Panther, then Avengers in Infinity War, then Endgame. Yeah. Do we want to mix in the Ant-Man movies? In there? Well, you said, yeah, you said he was going to willing to do everything. So, so let's... We'll, we'll update that list. But yes, the next few are Thor The Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Those are the next three. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so we don't just talk about Star Wars. Um, you know, well, we mostly do. Yeah, mostly. Um, but let's get back to Star Wars. The main topic for tonight is Star Wars video games. And um, we're all to compile our top five. I'll, I'll just say I didn't, I didn't rank mine. I just, I just have the five that you know, kind of ring most true with me. Um, there was probably going to be, we haven't shared our lists with each other. So, um, there's going to probably be some, uh, some crossover here. Um, so I don't know, what do you say? Should we just kind of go each, each give one, go around the horn and, and then yeah, comment on each one of those? Yeah. Um, I have some alternates and I don't know if Fredo, if you have some alternates too. Hey, I might have some alternates. Oh, you have some alternates? <laughs> I do, actually. I, okay. All right. I, good. I, have, I have one alternate, but it, yeah. Um, All right. Well, then maybe, yeah, let's just all I take mean, turns. Admittedly, I am not the gamer that these two are. Um, I, yeah, I do love video games. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it, I'm not the gamer that you two are. Um, so, um, so, which means then, I, I guess I have to find my list. Gosh darn it. Where is it? I, I just, do have over a 10 year gap in my gaming life. Uh, so um, I'm probably not even in uh, Fredo's universe, but uh, that's all I right. Have... I mean, I did write, I did write a blog piece way back last year, actually about Star Wars video games. So I have a whole top 10 list if you need me to. So, okay. Well, I will, I will start. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to start with the one that uh, um I've mentioned before on this podcast, and that was uh, Super Star Wars, and I play that as obviously on the uh, the Super NES. Um, and this is actually it came out kind of in that 
when there was no Star Wars really to speak of, right? right. Um, so it was really cool to, you know, it, really it, it's it's a hard game, you know. I mean, for you know, it's harder than you thought it would be. That stupid sand crawler, you know, level. Good lord. Um, but I will say, and I, I did not put um, Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi on my list. Um, even though I love those two as well, but those two are easier than Super Star Wars, I think. Um, or maybe I just, I don't know, developed my skills, and so those two are easier to beat. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I just love Super Star Wars. That was just one of my favorite games on the Super NES. So that was my first one. Well, you're right about that being like kind of a desert of good Star Wars content when that game came out. Um, there were a couple of NES games. Um, there were a few PC games at that point. Yeah, that was the uh, uh, don't don't mention don't mention any because I'm not gonna, yeah, my list. I'm not gonna go down that road. But um, it was almost it was almost a, yeah Star Wars Desert at that time early '90s. Uh, totally get why you would include that one. That that I I love that game too. Mm-hmm. I think probably before that, the last you know Star Wars game I played on a console was like Empire Strikes Back on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, you know, um, <laughs> where you just fly around in circles until you get to an ad at, you know. But uh, so yeah, Super Star Wars. I, I loved it. You know, the lightsaber stuff to it, the music to it was really well done. The music in it is just fun. So anyway, that was on my first one. So Dave, I'm gonna bring up. Star Wars Trilogy Arcade, um, which was a game that came out in the late 90s. And it was essentially a remake of the first three arcade games in one cabinet. Um, And so you'd play through all three movies uh, through, through one cabinet. Um, and it was really just such a um, enhanced experience over those previous arcade games that it struck a chord with me at the time. Um, those machines were in the arcades for like a decade or two. Um, and so like anytime you went to like a Dave and Buster's or something, you'd see that cabinet there. Um, and it was always a major uh, challenge for me to resist pumping some money into it. Uh, and I usually failed that challenge. So um, <laughs> I, I would include that one for sure. I remember seeing it on the outside, uh, on the uh, entry to a Walmart out in Kenner. Actually, it might still be there. Or no. But yeah, Field just trip. Because... Field trip. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to You have to stand in line for it. No. Uh, six, feet of, six feet apart. If we're six feet <laughs> apart and sanitize everything, we'll be fine. Yeah, if I, if I find it in there, I'll let it take a photo of it. But yeah, that was and a if, fun and game. If we're in a if we're in a Walmart and Kenner at any time, we probably need to sanitize everything anyway. <laughs> yes, 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 I do. But uh, yeah, no, it was very colorful. It was one of those uh, motion-driven games, so like it will take you to the next ba- stage of the battle, and then. Uh, but it took advantage of the technology at the time to make it. I mean, it's very fluid, and I really loved how, particularly like the deaths are run. You know, for yeah. the episode four for the battle, yeah, that was fun. And there were lightsaber duels in that game too. Yes, yeah, so, and, and you battled Boba Fett, if I recall correctly, in uh, yeah. one of them. Yeah. Cool, Fredo. What's yours? What's your All first right. 
All right, then uh, my first one is one that I've mentioned a number of times before in this podcast. So I'll crow about it, Gloria, one more time. And that's Star Wars Republic Commando. Just so disappointing that it's, you know, we never got the proper sequel. It was the first first person shooter, which actually may still be the only first person shooter Star Wars game. I know Dark Force, actually, no, Dark Forces did it first. But anyway, um, it took, you know, it puts you in the shoes of a, a Republic Commando squad. You're the head of a commando squad and you're going through various stages of the Clone War. So you start on the Battle of, um, of Geonosis, getting dropped off, and you gotta go capture a number of uh, major, you know, you gotta get your squad and connect with a number of um, objectives. And then sometimes it'll take you to a particular mission where you gotta rescue this downed uh, uh, separatist vessel. And it plays very much like a horror sequence because it's all dark and, you know, and obscure, and you don't know where it's, where it's coming from. Uh, you meet the superstar destroyers, and they are very dangerous. I mean, you know, you don't know. You see, you're accustomed to seeing in some of the other games. You're like, oh, yeah, it's a Jedi. You just blaze by them. But this one, the it ups the the difficulty level. But it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, they use some of the same uh, voice actors from some of the other movies and other projects. And uh, it's disappointing that they never got to make the Imperial Commander, which was supposed to be the sequel, because that would have been fun. So is this a PC game? This is actually what well, it's PC, but it's also uh, uh, it was on the Xbox, PlayStation. So it's also a console game. So it's one you can pick up if you, you know you can pick up for your Xbox 360, throw it on, and just go to town. It was a fun time. I might have to look that up. Uh, if you need, actually, if you need it, I still got the copy. If you got your Xbox 360. Was there a cliffhanger in that one? Because that video you sent us about that game, I think that he mentioned that. They kind of left the story hanging in the air. There was there was a cliffhanger yeah. regarding one of your squad mates disappearing. Okay. And, and so yeah, so there was a cliffhanger left there regarding um, you know the story. One of the things that's also interesting for me is this was one of the first times where a Star Wars project took the idea of the clone army and tried to give them personalities. So mm. like so they get even though they get a different voice actor uh, for the roles of the squads, you know, there are four clones, but it's, it's, it's a different voice actor with a different personality or a different attitude. So, but it's very fun. It's, it's all the sound of, you know, the whole idea of a cohesive squad unit. Well, my next one, um, you, you mentioned it is dark forces. Nice. And, this is, um, and I really, I, it, it's interesting to, and the reason, first of all, you know, Doom was really big, obviously, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that, and I really have still. I really don't like the whole concept of of Doom. You know, it, it's and if we get to one of my other games later, you're going to hear it. it. Just seems very not into the very dark, very violent stuff. But when it came to shooting stormtroopers, suddenly that's okay. You know, and you know, but it was. Uh, it was one of the first ones, first PC games that I actually got. You know, the you know, you know, PCs I had was, you know, to do schoolwork and stuff like that. And I actually bought a game for it. I, I really dug Dark Forces. It was just kind of fun to kind of feel. If you know, I don't know. It was, yeah, it's it was just fun. You know, shooting up stormtroopers. So, I remember playing that in college on my uh, friends. 
uh, Mac. And, you know, it was the first time I played with a mouse and keyboard. And, you know, you move around and you shoot. And I will say, you know, those early 90s or mid-90s uh, PC games used to give me a bit of motion sickness because those backgrounds would just move real quick. I mean, yeah. they, they were, you're like, you go, okay, the wall, you know, the wall's moving and you're moving. All of a sudden you're like, oh, God. But isn't it funny, though? Like I said, it's you take Doom, mm -hmm. and I have a problem with Doom. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just but you take basically the exact same game and put them in with stormtroopers and stuff like that, and suddenly it's like you're anesthetized to the the whole thing. It's 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 hypocritical, I get it. Um, but you know, it was uh I don't know. I like both games. So uh <laughs> I love Doom, and then when Dark Forces came along, I'm like, this is a Doom knockup, but I love it. Um, there were also some horror elements that game where they were like experimenting on troops and like when one of those dark troopers would come at you out from behind like a door or something there, there were like some oh mcclunky moments yeah so yeah that was my second one and i think i took one from dave good thing that he had some in the back yes. I, saw, I saw your face go ah <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah no you did uh that was on my list but um I'm going to throw a kind of a kooky one out there. Um, Star Wars Angry Birds. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody was in a big old Angry Birds kick for the longest time, right? For like a couple of years there. Everybody was playing Angry Birds all the time. And so they finally, at some point, they'd licensed Star Wars. And I never, I remember being like so taken aback by that, like that marriage. It, I'm like, what? <laughs> How? Why? Um, but it worked. Um, and it was a really fun game. Uh, and they made a sequel, and there were all these add-ons you could buy, and I didn't go that deep into it, but um, it was just a really fun game. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgia for it. They made a really good use of the gravity system for some of the shooting in space when you had to launch a little bird yes. to try to hit, so that was good. I mean, I got some really good memories of my nephew just grabbing my iPad. It's like, you know, just because you get a certain, you unlock a certain number of characters uh, every so often, you know, unless you want to buy more. So I'd have to, before a week before you to come in, I'd have to grab my iPad and just start grinding to just build up a big old roster of characters because he'd just go through them in one afternoon. Because, you know, he's like five years old and he's just, he doesn't understand the idea of, Okay, I'm shooting it down. I'm shooting it up, or whatever. I don't care. And okay, I'm out of characters. Give me more. Give me more of the little. It's like, well, I'm not going to spend money here, kid. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when my interest started waning. And that is like when it was like, just, just give me the, just give me the game. I don't want to have to uh, like all the in-app purchases and everything like that. It was just like, got. I'll just go back to the old Angry Birds. Thank you. Even though it was, you know, like I said, I do, I love that game as well. The uh, the Star Wars Angry Birds. So. Cool. Right on. Fredo. Okay. Me. Next for me, and actually I'm going to skip around on my list just to make sure I get one in that may end up being in some of yours. Rogue Squadron 2. I don't know if you ever played the Rogue Squadron series. Dave <laughs> did. Uh, it's okay. So you would think you have one of the coolest spaceships ever in, in movie history, the X-Wing. You want to fly an X-Wing. So they put you behind the cockpit. You would be the playing in the role of Wedge Antilles as the head of Rogue Squadron. And the first one was on the N64. 
and the second one came out just in the GameCube, and you could tell the advancement technology from one to the other because the N64 one was fun. You get to fly around in the battle, so you have in Hoth, uh, the Space Battle of Endor, but it also give you other missions, like escort missions. You get on the on Y-Wings and bomb uh, targets. So, hey, yeah, and not, not the gravity, whatever, bombers from last generation, <laughs> Y-Wings. And they made they took really good effort in separating the X-Wing from the Y-Wing from the A-Wing to even a TIE fighter. Every now and again, you don't unlock a TIE fighter. So you'd be able to, you get that sense of, oh, geez, there's no brakes on this thing. But it was really fun. Uh, you get you get into the dodge fighting elements of piling an X-wing in the middle of a battle. I'm always disappointed they haven't brought that back. Yeah, I, I you know I would just say that 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 series was was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there were earlier flight sim series uh, in the Star set in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. um, that were almost more like flight sims, and these games yes. were a lot more actiony. Um, and so like from that perspective, if, if you want more action, then, um, they really would scratch that itch for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know some, some of the series were really, really, I mean, you could get into seriously piloting whatever ship you wanted, but what I loved about Rogue Squadron is like, you want to pick up the controller and you want to fly a mission and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and they were on the N64, uh, the first one, and then the the two sequels were on the GameCube, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which was a shame they never ported to other uh, other consoles. I mean, if, if they bring out a port for, like, the, the Switch, I may buy a Switch for that. <laughs> Good luck. I've been looking to buy a Switch, and they ain't out there. Yep, everybody's buying it because of Animal Crossing. <laughs> everybody, Apparently, everybody... Uh, um, like uh, bottom up, like toilet paper. You know, yeah. it's like I don't know. Um, how you mentioned Animal Crossing? Because I, I follow her on Twitter, Brie Larson. Her tweet today was, "I change clothes more in Animal Crossing than I do in real life." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, let's see what sick trolls said after that one." But anyway, um, so my next one um, on my list is uh, Jedi Power Battles. And that was that was uh, around episode one because you know it was, I you know I I I am one of those I've said it before I liked episode one I didn't mind you know one of the criticisms that everybody had about you know the the prequels was that you had lightsabers everywhere and Jedi battles everywhere and it's like that's what I've been waiting fifteen years for I mean right. and so then to have a game where I can you know be Qui Gon Jinn you know just and you know, whips and you know, just be a Jedi. You know, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I played on a PlayStation two, I think. Um, but, um, uh, no, like I said, it was fun. I, like I said, I liked episode one. I liked Jedi. It was, it was just a fun, fun star Wars game. And again, I really hadn't played a star Wars game. Well, I guess, you know, I had super star Wars and then I played, you know, dark forces, you know, Jedi power battles was kind of the next one that I, you know, so you can kind of see I leapfrogged, you know, things, but um, but it, uh, it was it was a great game, so a lot of fun. It was Any... better than the uh, PlayStation uh, versus uh, fighting game. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> <Masters> of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I always loved that Solo 
brought that concept back. Oh, oh, there's a profession in Tarascasi. And I'm like, where to call back to something only about 20 to 25 people know. I freaked yeah. in the theater when they, they dropped that reference. I was like, yeah! And yeah everyone else... What? What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but, that, but that, you know, uh, on a tangent here, that's what's great about these the movies now are they're being directed and written by fans and not not just people who oh yeah I like Star Wars but people who grew up and loved Star Wars you know so um, you're going to get those references yeah mm. but I, you know I don't remember anything really special about Jedi power battles except it was like it was Jedi lightsabers and it was fun. So, which, which I always kind of, I mean, for years, I always thought, I'm surprised, you know, we have racing games where, like, you know, people, you know, particularly now where you can go online and deck out your car and race them. And I'm surprised you never had, you have know, fighting games like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Surprised we never got a Jedi fighting game. I think the closest one was in, uh, there was a novelization, I mean, novelization, the game adaptation of Episode 3 had a, had a, uh, multiplayer or, or you know, level where you could duel one another. Now was when like that's the smartest thing Lucas Arts could have done. Just okay, design your own Jedi, design your own lightsaber, duel one another, and then just increase the levels of difficulty by okay. Do you want damage to be permanent? Do you wanna <laughs> do you wanna duel for lightsabers? Like instead of racing for pink slips, you duel for the other <laughs> lightsaber. And I'm like, why does nobody do that? My my son got a lightsaber dueling game for the Wii for mm -hmm. Christmas, and it it's uh, based on the Clone Wars, so it's got all the Clone Wars models, mm -hmm. um, you know Obi Wan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's tricky though. I don't think they had the control scheme like down one hundred percent for that. And you got to wave your Wii or controller around, and you're gonna <laughs> threaten to throw it through the television, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave just said you got to wave your Wii around. And... <laughs> <laughs> Not that yeah. one. The yeah, other no, one. No, please, please don't do that. Yeah. And don't, <laughs> don't tell them nothing to it. But no. But uh, clunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's the idea of if you're going to be doing you know, online racing, doing whatever, you got to have good internet signal. You can't have any lag because that's going to be the difference is going to be minuscule when people compete. I mean, you see it right now when people play Madden online and somebody's tackle, you know, hits the tackle button a second too late and they miss their tackle, all of a sudden they get upset. So, anyway. Yeah, at the risk of spoiling someone else's list, uh, um, well, you're, the you're VR. List, so. Well, I was just going to say the VR options now for lightsaber battling are much better. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but that's a different thing entirely. Um my uh, my next one will be uh, Shadows of the Empire uh, for the N64. Um, I think it was a launch title, um, or at least it came like really, really soon to the debut of the console. Um, and at the time, uh, it was just like this tantalizing thing because I was like already knee deep in the PlayStation at that point. Um, and my brother ends up getting an N64 um, for several games, and that was one of them. Um, and so I got to play it through my brother. Um, and that Battle of Hoth, um, 
was just kind of life-changing at the time that like no one had ever really done that justice to that point um taking down those walkers with tow cables and so just to experience that uh in a game it, it felt like you were doing it um it was the, magical uh, did you read the uh shadows of the empire book i don't know i never did Okay, I'm going to loan it to you because I really enjoyed that book. I was never big into the EU. And I know it's also people kind of pan the book. They kind of get turned off by it. But I really dug it because the thing I never really liked about the EU was that it happened outside of the paradigm that I knew Star Wars to be. It happened out, everything happened outside of, you know, four through six. And this one happened in between Empire and Jedi. And it was, you know, the whole thing is like we're we're trying to find Han, you know, and you get into you know some of Luke's training. You get into um, it, it's it's a really interesting book. But the the whole concept, you know, that game was part of this whole concept of there was you know it was book, it was game, there was other. I mean, they had toys, they had comic books, I think as well. Um, and it'd be interesting. That's why I was wondering if they're going to do a similar thing with this project luminous, you know, is it, is it just, you know, it seems like it's just going to be books, but wouldn't it be cool if they would have done, you know, we're not going to do a movie for this kids, but we're going to have books. We're going to have video games. We're going to have, you know, but anyway, keep going about it. Oh no, I was going to, I was going to just dovetail off that. I think that's a really good point. Um, that's kind of like what we know of the EU today which is like they're trying to cross over between comics and games and books uh, and have them sort of like lead into the movies. Um, and like they were kind of trying to do that with Shadows of the Empire. Um, and we hadn't necessarily seen that. Um, not to that degree anyway. Like you said, there was there was a book. There was a, there was a game. I think there were comics. So kind of well, a cool never, thing. Never Never played the game, but I read the book, so I will have to loan you the book. I, like I said, it's just it's just kind of fun. So the game's good. Uh, it's not great, but that whole Hoth sequence and it basically created the template for Rogue Squad Squadron. Mm -hmm. so. That's, yeah, they took that Hoth battle and just kind of went, okay, how can we do this? But a whole game of that. So. Yeah. Okay. So, what's next on your list? Next on my list, I'm going to go with actually we're. We're talking about Dark Forces, and I'll mention one of its sequels because what's interesting is Dark Forces became Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, which then became Jedi Knight 2, which is the game I mentioned, about, which is the story of Cal Katarn when he oh, becomes yeah. a Jedi. And I played that on the PC around the turn of the century, and it sounds, make, makes me sound that sounds weird. I know, I know. <laughs> turn of the millennium. Okay, whatever. Anyway. But it was it was a really interesting story. It was the first time that you were getting customizable lightsaber, you know, you know skill tree for your Jedi powers, light side versus dark side powers. You know, you go through this story, reconnecting this character to the Force and gaining the ability to do Force pull, Force push, all the stuff that you wanted to do that you saw in the movies and. Um, but putting you in in the middle of the Galactic Civil War. So it was very much a, a fun continuation because Dark Forces was just straight up shooting, just shooting around. 
Jedi Knight, or Dark Forces 2, kind of started mixing in the, you could be shooting, you could be lightsaber. And I think a lot of people just went, no, no, look, you give me a choice here, I'm going to take the lightsaber every time. And Jedi Knight 2 kind of took it the next step. And that went from first person to third person. Very and, much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so like you were kind of over the shoulder. That, you can't do a lightsaber any other way, really. No. Um, and so, yeah, I remember that game too. Um, I think a buddy of mine like copied it for me, and so I was able to play it that way. And um, it was a lot of fun because mm -hmm. you're you're shooting force lightning at people. And <laughs> I mean, can't beat that. Yeah. All right, so so I'm go I'm going to jump in here then with my next one. I'm actually skipping one on my list because it's interesting that you said that, Dave, um, because um, I on my list is the Force Unleashed, mm -hmm. and the first I, and I'm conflicted by that game um, because I don't like the way it starts out. First of all, actually, I remember the first time I played this, I was like. Sweet, I'm Darth Vader. What, okay, what? I gotta, I gotta kill Wookies. <laughs> well, I'm like, my wife comes down. It's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I, I don't like this game. I'm I have to kill Wookies. You know, it's like you're just killing a bunch of Chewbaccas. It's like might as well just be Old Yeller on repeat. You know, it's like <laughs> this is awful. And then okay, so then you get at past that, and so now you're you know okay, this is a little bit better. You know, I'm just I liked running around doing all the four stuff. And yeah, you're you know you're force pushing and you're using lightsaber stuff like that you i had didn't have as much problem with force choking jawas and chucking them you know through around everywhere i really like <laughs> like that game Houdini! so let me let me fast <laughs> let me fast forward to just a couple days ago and on my xbox i was like you know what let me put in the force unleashed 2 I don't, I don't remember if I had I don't remember having played that or when I when I got it I didn't know how much I played it I didn't remember a lot about it after 30 minutes, I put that thing down and it's like in the case back in the cabinet. It's like, I can't deal with somebody, ha you know, that is dark. I mean, you got this guy being tortured and just mind effed by, you know, you know, Darth Vader and the, the PTSD he's going through. It's just like, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, it's fun really doing this to stormtroopers, but I'm done playing this. I don't need this kind of negativity in this, you know, time of pandemic and everything like that. So I needed to find a more uplifting game to play. So I went and played my my Nintendo Classic, you know, box that I have in the other room. <laughs> I, I played some Mario Brothers, but um, it was a fun game though. Force Unleashed, like I said, it was fun. I didn't like the very first level. Um, and I find that interesting, you know, that that dark side element is just it can weigh on you. But I like the games that give you a choice, so you can go down the dark path or the light path. Um, so that helps, because <laughs> <laughs> playing the dark stuff all the way through can be a little, like you said, it can weigh on you. Your your crux, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fredo, well, you were going to say Yeah. No, no. And I was going to say, uh, I remember back when they first showed the first footage of the first Force Unleashed, which, by the way, did you ever play the, I don't want to say if it's the Ultimate Edition, Special Edition of Force Unleashed 1, the one that has the little coda at the end, the little extra scene mm -hmm. on off? Okay. So. Okay. So, spoiler alert for a game that's 12 years old. Basically, if you bought the Special Edition of that game, 
if you chose to kill Darth Vader, you became the apprentice of the Emperor. And you were on Hoth, the Battle of Hoth, and your final battle is you duel Luke Skywalker and turn him over to the dark side. So, and, and, Aaron, and Aaron just went, no, sir, I don't like it. Oh, again, it's the idea of, and it's not so much you have a, to kill any more Wookiees. I mean, because I really don't no, no. like killing Wookiees. That's no, but it's my the whole idea. Yeah, it's the whole idea that you're goading and goading Luke Skywalker. You cut off his hand, and eventually you see this, oh, this evil look on Luke's face with the yellow eyes and everything, and he becomes your apprentice. So the cycle continues, so to speak. But yeah, no, but uh, what I think one you know, Force Unleashed kind of did that was really good was just that sense of the power of the force that you could, you know, put your hands on and just blast, you know, a dozen yeah. troopers away. Uh, comparing it to the game I'm playing right now, which I'll mention later, it's 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 a uh, it's a nine day. But anyway, well, it was kind of an you know, it was an amped up version of Jedi power battles, right? I mm -hmm. mean, it, it was yeah, it was just on steroids. But anyway, so yeah. Yeah, you can Dave. see it from that to that to this, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dave, what's I... next on your list? Next on my list is Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. Um, yeah, which, that was on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just one that uh, I really enjoyed uh, pre-kid. Um, it was a fun <laughs> game, uh, but I don't have kids, I never, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I never would have figured. I mean, I guess I could have predicted, but I don't know to this degree that I would have predicted that my son would obsess over this game and want to play it all the time basically um it's just an incredible game to well, let's face um, it, lego lego and star wars was the perfect marriage you don't get so. a better marriage of two ips it's mm -hmm. a, i really don't it's think a, anyway. it's a good gateway drug to star wars very much um and like you know, to people who haven't played it before, they like they tell the story of the movies uh, in the game. So you're basically playing through the game, but in Lego form. So like they're reenacting all these famous scenes with these little Lego guys, uh, and they're doing it in a humorous way. Um, you know, almost like Onion esque in a way, like sort of lampooning um, what really happened, and. Um, and it's just fun to run around. They have a gazillion unlockables and hidden secrets and things that you can find in these games too. Um, so it, you know, there's a lot of rep replayability. Um, they're really they're really easy to get into. You can't really even die in these games, um, so you can play them with your kids. Um, they're just really really good. Um, so, you know, pretty much all of the Lego Star Wars games would fall under that category, but um, the one that came out for the... The one specifically I was, I'm listing was the one that came out for the Wii uh, and had the had one, episodes one through six represented. So... Uh, Aaron, which which one were you, were you playing? Oh, I, I have actually both. I have, you know, the one that's just Lego Star Wars. Then I got the complete saga for Christmas one, one year. Um... Uh, and on a on a tangent, uh, uh, Lego Indiana Jones is just as fun. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's different podcasts. So, uh, but yeah, no, I you know it is. It's one of those things when I okay. So you talk about the Force Unleashed and how dark it is. Lego Star Wars is exactly what I should have put in 
you know, in hindsight, after being like Force Unleashed 2, I'm like, oh, because it's just, it's just fun. You know, it's, it, it's adventurous. It's, uh, you know, but it's, it's Legos, you know, and it's, there's no a likeness. Yeah, there's a likeness to it. They're, they're very uh, friendly. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're battling the bad guys and you're, you know, building Legos and using the force powers, but it's, it's never too serious or too, Oppressive. You, you, it's very light. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let me go take you then from very light to kind of dark because the next game I want to mention is the one that I'm playing right now, which should be finishing tonight probably. Uh, it's uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which if you know we're talking about how lightsaber uh, usage and Jedi powers went from uh, Jedi power battles through Jedi Knight to uh, uh, Force Unleashed. This was interesting because it doesn't, it's very grounded, it's as grounded as you can make a Star Wars game. You're not playing a Jedi Knight, you're playing that Padawan who's reconnecting with the Force. They're on the run, they're trying to rebuild the Jedi Order during the time of the Galactic Empire, but it's very dark, I mean, in terms of not just its execution, but in, in how, you know, in the story, but in the execution, because it takes on the, I don't know if either of you have ever played any of the Dark Souls games where the idea mm -hmm. is, the idea is that enemies respawn whenever you save. I mean, you're stronger than most of the stuff you're going to come into at some point, but you can't be beat by anybody because, you know, if they swarm you, you're not super, you know, if the Force Unleashed was all about giving you that sense of how powerful the Force can be, here you're just a guy with the Force. And yeah, the force can save you, but it's not going to blast 50 people into the air. You're not going to shoot lightning out of your hands. It's very much, okay, it's a puzzle. You got to figure it out. Yeah. But it does a really good job, particularly in the story of bringing in a lot of the elements, kind of like we're talking about, from uh, stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels that we've seen. Uh, well, not so much Rebels, but Clone Wars, definitely. Uh, the prequel story, because it's all... The idea is you're playing this fallen Padawan who uh, went to hiding when the Empire took over, but the Inquisitors are chasing you now, so uh, you're on the run trying to figure out how to put together the Jedi Order. But it's very it's very well done. Um, Respawn Entertainment, who did uh, stuff like Titanfall, they take their cues from a number of different big games, but it's it's really good. Cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played it. I'm, they were talking about it at Star Wars Celebration. Um, when I was there in April or a year ago. Um, yeah, no, it, it looks fun. By the uh, way, you do get to travel to Kashyyyk a number of times and fight with the Wookiees. So if you didn't like, with the, you're fighting for the Wookiees. But, and actually, one of the missions, and it's very interesting, you get to climb the origin tree of the Wookiees. And, you, and there's a moment where it actually the camera pans back as you're flying into Kashyyyk, and you get to see all these uh, the wood, the shadowlands of the Wookiees and the big tree growing out of it. It's all, you're like, okay, again, different biome, but it's very breathtaking and well done. Cool. Well, I'm glad I put another one on my list because Dave stole my um, Lego one. But because uh, I was actually debating on just having this one on there outright, and that is the, the original Star Wars arcade game, which is an awful game. I mean, it's, it's got the the graphics of pong you know um but 
going into an arcade and especially if it was the cabinet that yes. was like the cockpit, you know, and when you are again, eight, nine, 10 years old sitting in an X-wing cockpit and fighting TIE fighters and doing the death star trench run, uh, that was just glorious at, at, at that time. And, um, and it's one of those things where it's like if you see the game and it's in the stand-up, you know, arcade box, it makes you go, uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be in the in the sit-down, you know, um uh cockpit type, you know, cabinet. Um, but I just that was just one the music was there. Um, like I said the graphics suck. And even even at as as a kid, you know, in the early days of you know our arcades you recognize that the graphics suck, you know, as compared to Donkey Kong and Qbert and I mean, it was kind of asteroids esque, right. You know, but just the fact that it was star Wars and it was just awesome. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I remember actually, uh, if you go into the Chuck E. Cheese that's in Metairie, they used to have it. So the few times we had like kid parties there for, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna throw a few coins in there. And yeah, you're right. The, uh, the graphics are very much, Pong-esque. It's very much tonal, you know, two colors and, you know, the... One maybe, dimension, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the music gets played through this, you know, the smallest casket player, you know, whatever, you know, with only one keyboard note playing at all. But it's awesome because it was the first time you could actually get inside the cockpit of an X-Wing and fly into the Death Star. We, we talked in a previous episode briefly, I think, about Arcade 1-Up and how they're re-releasing these yeah. old arcade games. And um, I heard a rumor a while back that they're going to release a sit down version of the star Wars one. Mm. So I don't know if that would be enough to tempt you um, Might, to get uh, one. <laughs> but yeah, no, like back then, like, can you, like there was nothing else. I mean, there was no, no shot of there ever being anything better than that. For like another, yeah, for yeah. like another five, ten years. I mean, that was that was it. Um, and so, like the home version of the of these games were terrible. Um, and, but it was also the first time you could. It was first time you could immerse yourself, with the exception of your Star Wars toys. It was first right. time you could immerse yourself in Star Wars you know, and feel yeah. like you were actually in the movie. Um, so that was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, and again, like kind of, we talked about super star Wars being a, a version that, you know, came along later that kind of gave you some of that. But even within that, you, it wasn't first person. You weren't like in a cockpit, so to speak, like you right. were with that arcade game. So um, I'm really glad you brought that one up. Um, All right. So for, uh, for my last one, um, and hopefully I won't take this from uh, Fredo, but um, I had to pick Battlefront 2, the 2005 version, not the, yes, not the new you. version. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't really speak to the newer version uh, of Battlefront. I know that some people like them, but there's a lot of purchasable elements. And it has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with add-ons and things and the games being shipped incomplete and 
all, all sorts of issues. They're gorgeous to look at. Um, but I was playing Battlefront um, back when these games came out, and I'll never forget when when the first Battlefront came out. It was it was a big deal because it we talked about the the Doom experience in a in a um, Star Wars setting. Um, we never had like a Quake or a um halo like experience you know a more advanced first person shooter um in that star wars universe until battlefront came along and then battlefront 2 just expanded on it to just an incredible degree um you were able to fight for either side in either era um there were a gazillion worlds that you could fight on. Um, there was a, there was a decent story mode, if I recall. There were several space battles that you could engage in. Um, you could recruit Jedi to actually take part in the battle, um, and they were like just an unbelievable decimating force when when they'd come into the into the battle and basically turn the tide pretty much every time. Um, and I'm trying to recall, if I remember right, I think Battlefront 2 came out right when the original three movies came out on DVD for the first time. Yeah, it was about 2005 towards the end. So it was right after um, uh, Revenge of the Sith had come out that summer. So I want to mm -hmm. say it came out right as the episode three DVD was coming out to everybody. So. Yeah, yeah it was that it was that fall, right? It was I like September. So. And um it was like Star Wars mania, at least for me. Like it it really took hold at that point. Um I'm like, I gotta get this DVD set, I gotta get this game. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, George Lucas got a ton of money out of me that fall. <laughs> yeah. No, and look, yeah, without I'm not even gonna bother talking about the new battlefront. Uh, EA has done nothing but poor things till this last game with the license. That that Battlefront 2, I mean, the whole idea of Galactic Conquest, that you could go from battle to battle, from world to world, and just take over the galaxy, that you could pilot from a space battle to the surface, go back up, that you could be a clone pilot or a clone trooper or whatever, and, you know, eventually you unlocked some of the heroes. It was a lot of fun. Then depending on like if you play the multiplayer, because if you play with somebody in the second controller, you're gonna be battling and dueling. You look to run to go find one another and just shoot each other in the face. You know, it's like I, forget the mission. I will say I do I do have Battlefront two actually for yeah. my Xbox and not the new one, but the one you're talking about, David. And I do enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, yeah, it is fun. It's fun. Yeah, unfortunately they never they never, you know, when they remade these ones. They made them pay to win. Where you, you know, if you spent all extra, you buy a sixty dollars game and then you spend more money um, buying extra stuff. Oh, your your advantage at winning goes up, and you're like, well, that's not fun. That defeats the whole point of playing this game. So, anyway, so okay, for my last one, then I'll bring up the big one that hasn't been brought up, which is Kotor, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> And you know, no, no Star Wars game video game list is complete without mentioning that's the Republic because I mean, should to remember this came out in 2000, 
2003, and it was epic. It's the first time that you kind of got that epic sense of storytelling in a Star Wars game. Because basically, what Bauer did is they they were RPG makers, so they made a Star Wars role playing game where all those elements that we're talking about about picking your own character. Uh, which path you wanted to go, which unlocking which powers you wanted to use. If you wanted to go light side or dark side, you could you would travel to different worlds and you'd engage in all these conversations and meet all these characters. It was so immersive and so epic in story. And then you get to the big spoilery, big reveal about who what your identity is. And I still remember the first time I saw that, me and my brothers just going like, wait, what the heck? <laughs> and just you know, like totally like dropping our you know dropping our jaws. Uh, it was just really well done. Really, it, it was just a perfect package. I mean, I, you can still get it. I mean, I you can even buy it now for like for your phone if you want. It's that it's that old, but it's uh, really well done. I also slight shout out to the sequel they did, which was truncated, and that's why it's not on my list. But that one got into some of the more esoteric philosophical elements of the Force, but it's really really good. I mean, Knights of the Republic 1 and 2, they're the kind of thing that make me uh, look forward to the Project Lumina stuff because I know that they can really take elements like that in any kind of way. I think it's awesome. Um, and I've still never played either game. Um, they, yeah. were on the, they were on the Xbox originally, and I, was, mm -hmm. I had a PlayStation 2. Um, so I just couldn't for a number of years. And by the time, you know, I was able to, I had moved on to other things. And you so mean like still... kid, wife and kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't devote 100 hours to a video game, Dave? I know. That's that's the, that's the really the hurdle at this point. It's like, am I going? can I devote 100 hours to a Star Wars role-playing game right now? I don't know. But if <laughs> anything could get me to do it right now, it may be Star Wars. Just so you know, I do have both. So if you ever feel the urge to uh -huh. just plug in your Xbox 360, and play them. Let me know. Well, I, I might be borrowing borrowing from you. There, I you think know, they're on. It, yeah, I think they're on Steam too. So yeah, they're on Steam. Uh, like I said I found yeah. they're on the Google Play Store. They're on the uh, Apple uh, whatever the, the new uh, not iTunes not anymore whatever their store name is. Yeah, yeah, the App Store. I'm sure it's in there. So, but yeah, but if you ever feel any that that's a good way. Like Aaron, if you want to just be like because it's like reading a book and watching a movie. But one in which you interact, so it's fun. Well, right on. Well, that's our. We 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 each gave our top five and didn't really step on each other too much. So, mm -hmm. uh, and now I'm sure we all want to go play video games now. But uh, <laughs> um, actually, no, that's what that's what you're up to, Fredo. You said you were going to go finish Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. That's that's my plan. That's my plan. Yeah, like I said, I picked it up uh, when I bought it when it came out. Played a few levels hit a wall and then it's like, okay, I'm busy right now. And now that I'm stuck at home, like everybody else, I'm like, okay, God, no, stepped I got time. Said, God you, stepped in and said, Fredo needs to finish his video game. That's right. You need to play, you need to play this. So I'm like, okay, I'm playing it. <laughs> the other right game on. I was always curious about was galaxies. Um, oh. I never tried that one. The, did either of you guys? The real time uh, strategy one. Yeah. No, I never did. I, you know, by that point up, I had moved from, Gaming on the PC to gaming mostly on console, and right. roll roll real time strategy games just don't work on a console. You'd really need that PC for that. And uh, but yeah, it'd be I never did play it. I'd love to 
Yeah, I wanted to throw that in there just to make sure that we mentioned it because it was it was a big deal for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know if we had any other omissions, really. Uh, Looking at my list, really, the only ones that I could think of, yeah, because we even mentioned like in my list, like I'm even looking like the trilogy arcade that you mentioned. Uh, I was gonna say maybe episode one, Racer. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about that one. We talked about that. Yeah, that's a you know that's a fun get in there, and again, the game that needs a sequel because you know think put playing that on the Switch or on any on on any of the new consoles that'd be a a fun way to just you know just get behind the you know you don't have to think too much, put it on and just play and you're just racing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's will I guess wrap up this week's episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. And uh, now, like I said, everybody can go buy these video games and keep yourself occupied while you're staying at home. And, um, but uh, what the, on Saints news, what the draft is uh, this weekend, uh, uh, next week, weeks. next weekend. No, so no. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up. But uh, did you guys see on Twitter that Brandon Marshall was uh, um, saying that the Saints are done for because Tom Brady is, in Tampa Bay, and yeah, uh, yeah he uh, was on first take and was saying, "Yeah, the Saints are done." And so apparently, somebody's still upset about being cut. So um. it's hilarious. I mean, here's the thing: it, there's every chance that Tom Brady and the Bucks will be great. There's no reason not to think that Bruce Arians is a good coach. At the same time, though, you know, no, you know, you you think of all the times that. Like say Brett Favre went to the Jets and really didn't do anything, or Payne Manning goes to the Broncos and that first year he's struggling. So you know. the funny thing was um, uh, somebody I can't remember who said it said, "Yeah, this is the same guy who said that Jay Cutler was going to be the MVP in 2014." So uh, <laughs> let's take what Brandon Marshall says with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the draft does. Like you said, next week or two weeks. I believe it is next week because hold on a second. It's yeah, it's next. Uh, it is taking place according to the Googles Thursday, April twenty third through Saturday, April twenty fifth. All from, right, from there every coach's living room. So as we're recording uh, the next episode of the Who That Jedi podcast, we might have the draft board going. So we'll mm-hmm. say who the Saints drafted at that point uh, but until then everybody stay safe and make sure you're washing your hands and not breathing on anybody and not getting breathed on and um oh, dang it flatten the curve i want to go to a bar so <laughs> i need i need uh, some tacos and some beer in my life that are not in a styrofoam container had at home That's right. So cool. All right. Well, everybody have a great week and we will see you next time on the Houdat Jedi podcast. See us on uh, the iTunes podcast app, whatever that is, and uh, Google Play and um, also uh, Podbean and Twitter and Facebook and share our podcast with other people and uh, nerd out with us. So until then, we will see, say Houdat. 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 Have a good week, everybody. Okay.